0: Um shock gasp? No, I did not. Can you tell me about that?
1: A short time ago,
0: an American airplane dropped one bomb on Hiroshima. Mr. Gorbachev teared down this. American
1: people I think is good people. They are they have not to charge with the guilty of all the lies. Yeah, yeah, no, this was I, mean, I moved on her very heavily. In fact, I took her out furniture. She wanted
0: to get some furniture, so I furniture. I moved on her like a bitch. But I couldn't get there. And she was married. And all of a sudden I see her. She's now got the big phony tits and everything. She's <laughs> totally changed her look. She's your girl's hot as shit. In the purple. Whoa. Whoa.
1: Yes. Whoa. Yes, oh, the go. Donald has scored. Oh, <laughs> 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 my man. That's wait, wait. Just, you got to look at me when this you get out of <laughs> That this is very You funny. Give me the thumbs up. You. you. are a piece. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put the thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> you got right, to we'll get, gotta get okay. the thumbs up. Okay. Okay. Can't be Would too happy. Can you else with with it. First? Yeah, let me. Welcome back to the Cold War episode 160.
0: Yes, that's my leader. Anyway, go ahead.
1: It's your man. That's my man. At the end of the last episode, uh, I mentioned that the Ustasha in the independent state of Croatia built some of the worst concentration camps known mm-hmm. in history, uh, the worst of which was probably the Jasenovac concentration camp, which they established in Slavonia, known as the Auschwitz of the Balkans Jesus. or the Yugoslav Auschwitz. Uh, notorious Mm -hmm. for its extreme brutality and barbaric practices. Just one of a number of concentration camps that they built and ran from 1941 to 1945. But unlike the Nazi-run camps, Mm -hmm. Jasenovac specialised in one-on-one violence You know, none of this, uh, like, we'll roll you all into a big gas chamber and just kill you nicely and cleanly. That's a very German way of doing things. But, no, the Catholic Croats, they they want to taste the blood when they're doing it. They want to
0: get, they want to see
1: the light go out in your eyes. Yeah, Yeah. when they're doing it.
0: Well, let me ask this real quick, because the Germans, until Krupp comes along and says, no, no, let's kill them. Let's work them to death. The Germans want to get rid of the Jews. I get that. But it seems like the Croat model is very inefficient. But maybe that wasn't the point, like you were just saying. It's personal. Inefficient how? Well, because, like you said, I, uh, the Germans they could work a whole bunch of people to death, uh, working for Krupp Industries, or you can you can gas them in chambers. You can do the crematoriums, but if the Serbs are doing it more one on one, that doesn't seem to be very efficient. If you're trying to get rid of hundreds of thousands of people, I'm just trying to understand the difference Oh no! Well, it was. Them.
1: It, yeah. it was it was more fun though I think it was more fun they 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 was, you know they wanted to enjoy yeah, it
0: wow okay what's the, what's
1: what's the point of killing hundreds of thousands of people if you don't have some fun while you're doing it like all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy I
0: right. guess they think they've got years or decades or whatever
1: and they did have years but yes they yeah. probably thought they had a lot longer than that but yeah they were just gonna. Have fun with the killing and the murdering. Um, and to, you know, most of the murdering at Jasenovac was done with hammers and axes and knives.
0: Jesus.
1: Um, you know, they just wanted to take their time. Look, if something is worth doing, right, <laughs> as I've been telling you for years, if something is worth doing, it's worth doing well. You like got to take your time, personal time. You know, committing ge- committing genocide is a right. it's a fine art that should be. It's like uh, it's like a de- you know like a twenty five year old whiskey or right. or a cigar. Right. You know, genocide is something that needs to be savored, enjoyed. Right. You can't rush it. I guess. Okay. It's not. It's not like having sex with your wife, and you want it over in twenty seconds, and she wants it over in ten, uh, so she can quit, go back to watching the Tiger King.
0: Quit spying on me. It's it's something anyway.
1: that needs to be. It's something that needs to be enjoyed slowly. Right. This Is the view of the Croatian Catholics? Jesus. Now, as I said in the last episode, I think uh, the numbers uh, vary, but. The sort of what I think the most reliable numbers are, somewhere like 500,000 Orthodox Serbs, 27,000 gypsies or Roma Mm -hmm. were massacred at Jasenovac alone, I think, between 1941 and 1945. Uh, In addition, probably 30,000 Jews out of a total population of 45,000 were killed Twenty to 25,000 in death camps and another 7,000 deported to gas chambers. Some people, though, argue as high as 1.1 million people were killed. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, apparently there's no consensus on the numbers. It's all over the place. But everyone agrees it was a lot. Right. That's one thing we can all agree on. It was a lot of people. Shit time. Now Serbs were generally taken to Jasenovac camp if they refused to convert to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And there were warning posters up around the NDH warning people that any Serb who did not convert to Catholicism would be sent to a concentration camp. So you can't say they didn't know it was coming. That's, right. That's true. Like to, to be true. fair, yeah. to be fair, they were told, listen, we're- convert or go to right. a camp. Now of course, when they said go to a camp, everyone went. Oh, I like camping. That sounds fun. <laughs> you get to go to a camp. See, you know, get to toast marshmallows. Yeah, sing. Yeah, yeah, do a yeah, bit of yeah. bit of swimming. Do some soap carving. Um, have little competitions with the other camps about right. who can build things faster. And I don't know what else fucking Maybe, goes on at American I do a summer panty camps because I've only Panty, panty, panty raids. Raided. That's all I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Looking <laughs> holes in the girls' showers at their big bouncy titties. That's all I know about I'm, American summer camps uh, and schools. Oh, camp. and, and serial Jason serial killers, you know, Halloween, right, with the mask. isn't
0: that? A, a, yeah. The those movies
1: always take place at camps Shetty. or something. Mm. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Mm. Thanks for that.
1: And uh What's a Faces Boobs? Who is the star of the first Halloween movie? Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, was she in a Halloween or is it the other ones. Which one was Jamie Lee I Curtis in?
0: <laughs> could not tell you. I don't do uh, horror films. Do you do horror films? I don't Halloween. I do horror films.
1: Oh, Halloween. fuck yes. I love horror films. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. Okay.
1: She was in the, she was in the first Halloween film mm. and uh, hot. Pretty sure there was some, you know, boob action in that. Uh, it's been a long time since I've so. seen it.
0: Because now I'm going to check it out. Anyway,
1: Jamie Lee Curtis. Oof. Oh man, she was hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at that. I'm looking for photos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, what was the movie she did? What was the movie she did with uh, Schwarzenegger? The James Cameron film, True, True Lies. True you lies. ever see that?
0: Hmm. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I. Mm, she does. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah. Well let me let, me, let me send you this in our Yeah, I know, but what about oh, since you saw the movie? Let me let me let me send you this.
0: Yeah, I'm still trying send to get over to the place. last picture you sent me. The origin of the world. Uh, so This is still a, dealing with this that. is
1: a still from Jamie Lee Curtis in True Lies.
0: Oh yeah. I'm gonna need a moment. Yeah. And I'm done. Okay. At least one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she she does she does this like Pole dance, slap dance, kind of thing for Schwarzenegger. Right, Uh, lucky bastard, smoking hot man. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. And you know who she's married to, right? No, who tell me? Who? Uh, Christopher Guest. Really,
0: the nerd. She's married
1: to.
0: Yeah, she's married to Christopher Guest. The what? Well, he's kind of a nerdy guy, you know, in some of his roles.
1: Oh. Well, he's a great filmmaker, obviously, oh, yeah. from Spinal Tap, yeah. The Princess Bride, um, the, and then he makes his own movies right. like... Uh, Best the, in the, Show. The, the Mighty Wind right. or A Mighty Wind. Best in Show, yeah. yeah. I
0: yeah, love yeah, him.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He scored, Lucky man. Totally scored. Bitch. Married Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, <sighs> totally. Anyway, <clears what>
0: throat> <was> throat> how did I get onto um, that? I, mm, mass Killings. I
1: don't know. Yeah, mass genocide, I guess. You know, <laughs> know let me do Jamie Lee Curtis's breast somehow.
0: <laughs> oh, camps! Camps!
1: <laughs> the posters said, we're going to send you to camps. Right. And they were like, well, that sounds yeah, like fun.
0: Let's go. Bring the whole
1: family. Um, yeah. Now, most of the executions of Jews at Jasenovac occurred before August 1942. After that, they were deported to the real Auschwitz. Oh, right. They were like, "Listen, we you time. guys are getting an upgrade. This yes. is just uh, this is Auschwitz light. <laughs> we're going to send you to the good Auschwitz. Oh, you're going to love this place."
0: First class.
1: Now, according to the testimonies of people who survived Jasenovac, mm-hmm. there was a sp- special camp designed for children. And in that camp, Catholic nuns Jesus. murdered children by gripping them by their legs and crushing their heads against the wall. Fuck. Um, now, this hasn't been verified or certified, right. but that is uh, what some of the testimonies of survivors said happened. Right.
0: But the point is, the kids are dead, too. It's not like they're walking around and have grown up. They're gone. So something happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On the night of 29th of August, 1942, prison guards made bets amongst themselves about who could slaughter the largest number of inmates in one night. And the guy I mentioned in the last episode briefly, one of the guards, Peter Brzykka, Mm -hmm. A law student and former Franciscan monk... Of course. ...won by cutting the throats of 1,360 people in a single night.
0: Jesus.
1: Another guard bragged about how he'd tortured an old man. Uh, He had tried to force the man to bless Ante Pavelic. The old man refused to do it, so the guard cut off both his ears and nose but would cut one off after each refusal. Then he cut out the old man's eyes, tore out his heart, and slashed his throat.
0: Jesus.
1: Now, the Ustasha had a special knife that I mentioned briefly in the last episode. Mm -hmm. It's a knife that was known as the Shabozhek, the Serb cutter. Originally a kind of knife that they would use for uh, working with wheat, cutting off the sheaf of wheat. Mm-hmm. The upper part of the knife is actually made of leather. It's sort of a glove that your fingers stick out oh. of. Fingers your fingers and thumb. Imagine like a you know a glove where your fingers and your thumb cut out. Made of leather. Um, and there is a blade that comes out at the bottom of it, bottom of your palm. Okay. Do a thumbs up, you know, coming out the bottom there's this curved blade. Right. And uh you know, it was like four inches long the blade or twelve centimeters. Mm-hmm. And uh so you would basically be able to just quickly kill a lot of people with that and it because it was the way it was fixed on the glove it prevented you getting cut and it was also very ergonomical, it prevented you from getting RSI, repetitive stress injury. Because like, like, say what you want right. about the Catholic fascists, Ray. right? But they took care of their people. That's They're like, important. listen, yeah. if you're going to be cutting the throats and tearing out the hearts in of contests. thousands of people, particularly like a thousand people a night in these contests, we don't want you to end up with uh, carpal tunnel no. syndrome. No. And then we've got to file all these forms this is this paperwork nightmare mm-hmm. you got to fill it out in triplicate visits. we have yeah. to send one to the head office oh your doctor's visits Hello. then you're probably going to need time off yeah. uh, it's just it's not good yeah. we want we want you to be happy yeah. and a, you know a, a, a happy a healthy worker a, a, a happy genocidal maniac <laughs> is a, an effective genocidal <laughs> maniac that's our policy here at Catholic Ustasha headquarters. Oh
0: my god!
1: So they had a special knife. I want to get me one of those knives, uh, just for when <laughs> the ba- when the bad times come during the zombie <laughs> pandemic that we're still right. living through.
0: Be- shoom, shoom, shoom. That's pretty badass. There's our next movie. You can anyway. use it for killing snakes in your uh, in your backyard. Yes,
1: or boys that come over to try and date Kiki. Yes,
0: yeah, they're gonna get cut. You
1: just open the door with that Naked knife.
0: nuts. Oh right, 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 right.
1: Particularly if they're Serbs, uh, they'll know what's going. They'll on. know what it is. Now, for mass exterminations, which they did experiment with, uh, but the way they they used gas gas ovens a little bit. But the way they mm-hmm. preferred to do it was to put living people, sometimes drugged, sometimes fully awake, into a mass oven and then just set it on fire. Mass cremations right. of living inmates. They tried that for a while, but I, there wasn't as much fun as being able oh, to yeah. stab them so one the at a time. Like- there was uh, a cr- they had a crane on a ramp that had previously been used to unload agricultural harvests mm-hmm. off of boats. What they would do with this is tie the arms of inmates behind their backs. Load them on the hook at the right. end of the crane, slit their stomachs, and then use the crane to dump them still alive into the river oh to my die. God.
0: And I imagine that, yeah.
1: Eventually right. they got good at it and they would do two at a time. They would tie their arms behind their back, then tie them or put both of them back to yeah. back oh. on the hook, slit both right. of their stomachs, and then dump them. In the river, because more yes. more efficient if you I, do two at a time. Right, that's, you know, what I was trying it. to tell you in Vegas. Much more efficient if we do them two Where at a time.
0: did that river go?
1: <laughs> nowhere? we're good. Uh, the SS actually complained about the rivers yeah. and the stench and the blood and the rotting and all of that kind of stuff too. Um, some of the other things the Ustasha like to do, In in the Jasenovac camp, uh, including but Mm -hmm. not limited to, uh, this is what you sign up for when you get to go to camp. Uh, Some of the things you'll enjoy are, but uh, include but not limited to, inserting hot nails under the fingernails, (sighs) yeah, mutilating parts of the body, including plucking out eyeballs tightening chains around someone's head until their skull fractured and the eyes popped out, and also placing salt into their open wounds. Jesus Christ. Women would uh, have their breasts cut off, would be raped, and would have their unborn children cut Mm -hmm. from their wombs while they were alive. A lot of these bodies were thrown into the river as well. Um, Apparently, the Ustasha were so proud of all of this that they wore necklaces made of human eyes and tongues. The Nazi general, who I mentioned before, Edmund Gleisch von Hirstenau, wrote a book about this later called Ein General in Zweilicht. Which means... Um, Oh, I don't know, I'm just translating it now. It uh, means uh, a general in the twilight, right. hmm. Of course. Uh, he wrote about his visit to Jasenovac. Uh, he said, We now entered the concentration camp in a converted factory. Appalling conditions. "'A handful of men, many women and children, without enough clothing, "'sleeping on a stone tablet at night, screams all around, cries and sobbing. "'The camp commander, a scoundrel, I ignored him, "'but instead told my Eustachia guide, this is enough to make a person vomit. "'And then, worst of all, a room along whose walls lay on straw, "'which had just been brought for my inspection,' Something like 50 naked children, half of them dead, the other half dying. We should not forget that the inventors of concentration camps were the British during the Boer War. However, these camps have reached the height of hideousness here in Croatia under Polavnik installed by us. The greatest of all evils must be Jasenovac, which no
0: ordinary mortal can glimpse.
1: This is a Nazi general
0: yeah, saying yeah. this. like, I am disgusted. But, but see, I, again, you, let's go back to what you said at the very beginning of this. For the Germans to get rid of the Jews, that makes sense to the Germans. And we're not here. I mean, we're just, we just want to get rid of them. Let's do it in big numbers. That makes sense to the German mind, to the Nazi mind, excuse me what he's seen here it's personal it's on a personal level it's torture first and then and then the bodies are floating down and i'm sure the stench was horrible so i'm sure he was shocked and outraged because this isn't state policy whatever just for, for the sake of it this is revenge this is one religion trying to wipe out another and that's a 2000-year-old or probably more story yeah for the nazis
1: it was mostly Clean right, uh, kill them, dump yeah. the bodies in a mass grave. Let's move on. It was mechanical. It was an engineering problem. Look, we've got the we've got a Jew problem. Let's just kill them. It was like putting a tent over a house and gas bombing it to get rid yeah. of cockroaches, right? It yeah. was uh, clinical. It was efficient. It yeah. was clinical. Not this. Yeah, for for, for these for these Croatian Catholics, it- this is personal. Von Horstenau also wrote, at Kriveni Bok, an unhappy place where, under the leadership of an Astasia lieutenant colonel, some 500 yokels of a, from 15 to 20 years old met their end, all murdered, the women raped and then tortured to death, the children killed. I saw in the Sava River a woman's corpse with the eyes gouged out and a stick shoved into the mm. sexual parts. This woman was at most 20 years old when she fell into the hands of these monsters. Anywhere in a corner, the pigs are gorging themselves on an unburied human being. All the houses were looted. The lucky inhabitants were consigned to one of the fearsome goods trains. Many of these involuntary passengers cut their veins on the journey.
0: I don't blame them. And if I could just add to the river story for a second, the Danube and the Sava rivers, which... Um, goes to Belgrade, the people who live along those rivers saw thousands and thousands of corpses floating down. And some of the corpses had notes on them, like, to Belgrade for King Peter. And on one boat, there was a pile of children's heads stacked up. And beside that pile was a corpse of a woman who was probably the mother of these children. The note with that said, Meat for St. John's Market." Belgrade. So you've got murder, you've got torture, but you've also yeah. got I guess what, propaganda and you're terrorizing the anybody who comes across and sees these notes and sees these bodies at all. It's putting everybody else on notice.
1: Now von now the general complained to the yeah. OKW high the um, Oberkommando, yeah. the Wehrmacht mm. the high command and they did nothing about it um, he got very frustrated with this, um, and, and and his complaints got back to right. Pavelic, um, and by 1944, von now was so upset by the atrocities and the unwillingness of the Nazi high command to do anything about it that he became deeply involved in the Lorkovic vokic plot which was a plot uh, trying to overthrow Pavelic and replace it with a, a pro-allied Damn. government.
0: That's incredible.
1: Didn't succeed. But um, eventually, at the end of the war, Von Hirschtenau was captured by the U.S. Army and was worried that they were going to send him back to Yugoslavia, right. and he, co- he committed suicide. While well, he was still in a U.S. Jesus. Army camp.
0: He made enemies.
1: Well, he was the guy trying to get the Nazis to give him permission right. to stop it. And when he couldn't get it, he was worried that the Yugoslavs yeah. would blame him Jeez. for it or hold him responsible for it or, you know, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I I had no idea. For the German to go, you know what? This isn't right. I've got to do something about this. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: He's the good guy Nazi.
0: Now, um... A
1: delegation of Serbs went to Rome to beg Mussolini to intervene. When they did, he ordered his army back into the NDH to stop the Ustasha persecution. From the 9th of September uh, onwards, 1944, the Italians reoccupied most of Herzegovina and enabled any Serbs that have survived to go back to their homes to worship at Orthodox churches if there was still a priest alive there. There There's an Italian writer, Curzio Mm Malaparte, once had been a a supporter of Mussolini, um, fell out with him later on, but he wrote a semi-fictionalised account of his time in Yugoslavia during the war called Kaput, or or, or (laughs) Broken. and. One of the most well known episodes in this, he talks about he had an interview with Pavelic when he was like an he was an Italian reporter on the side of the Axis. Had a had a uh, interview with Pavelic, and also with him was the Italian minister in Zagreb, Raffaele Casotano. Mm-hmm. And this is this is from Malaparte's book. He says, um, While he spoke, I gazed at a wicker basket on the Polavnik's desk. The lid was raised and the basket seemed to be filled with mussels or shelled oysters as they are occasionally displayed in the windows of Fortnum and Mason in Piccadilly in London. Right. Casatano looked at me and winked. Wouldn't you like a good oyster stew? Are they Dalmatian oysters? I asked the Polavnik. Ante Pavelic removed the lid from the basket and revealed the muscles, that slimy and jelly-like mass, and he said, smiling with that tired, good-natured smile of his, it is a present from my loyal Ustashis. 40 pounds of human eyes.
0: Oh, God.
1: How do you stop them from just rotting and and, yeah. and you know, I don't well- know,
0: maybe they were... Kept cold, ice ice bucket. The fact that he enjoyed having it on his desk or he thought it was um, a treat or a laugh tells you all you need to know about that sick son of a bitch right there.
1: Now, after the war, Pavelich escaped to Rome where he was given shelter by the Vatican. Thanks, Vatican. The CIA states that he stayed at a monastery near the papal residence in the summer and autumn of 1948. Then he made his way to Argentina. With Hitler via a Vatican rat line, yeah, with (laughs) Hitler and Elvis, with his family, including his Jewish wife, where he worked as a security advisor to the Argentinian president Juan Perón. In 1957, he was shot in the back by a Serbian while leaving a bus... When and not long after that, the Perons he didn't he didn't die immediately. The Perons fell out of power. The new Argentinian government agreed to extradite him back to Yugoslavia, but he managed to escape to Spain, where he was secretly given asylum. And it was in Spain where he died from his wounds in 1958, aged seventy. Damn still running what he called the uh Croatian government in exile right. ironically his policy as i said earlier his policy towards the serbs led to the very two things he most feared uh, a communist government and a reunited yugoslavia and as i mentioned earlier i just wanted to finish with this uh and then you can talk about whatever you've got mm-hmm. in your notes uh There is plenty of evidence that Pope Pius XII knew and was supportive of what was going on in Croatia. Obviously, as I said, wasn't a big secret. His archbishops there and his apostolic uh, nuncio there must have known what was going on, probably told him what was going on. He wasn't a dummy. He was the former Cardinal Secretary of State for nine years in the Vatican, had spies on spies on spies, had meetings with Pavelic, gave him his recognition. Mm -hmm. There's no fucking way, I think, Pius didn't know what was going on. The BBC were reporting on the massacres as early as 1942. It wasn't a big secret that people only found out about later. But neither the Pope nor the Vatican nor his archbishops did anything to stop it or denounce the Ustashi or Pavelich, didn't excommunicate them or anything like that. And as I said, last year, 2019, Pope yeah. Frank announced that the Pius Twelfth archives were going to be opened up for inspection by journalists in March of 2020. And they were opened for a week, but then shut down again due due to COVID nineteen. But they plan to be reopened as soon as the whole thing is over in Italy. So we should finally hopefully start to learn some of the yeah. truth, if it's still in the archives and hasn't been destroyed, about what Pius the Twelfth knew about what was happening, both in Germany and Poland and in the independent state of
0: Croatia under the Catholics. Jesus. So so let let's talk about that for a second. I mean, so th- like we've we've joked about so many times on the Renaissance show, the Pope doesn't have armies. Well, not anymore. What what could the Pope do? What could how could the Pope resist besides what chiding these leaders trying to make them feel bad appeal to their more christian side i mean that's just not going to happen so don't get me wrong i'm i'm just playing devil's advocate but he knew what was going on i think the big sin or crime in this case is to say that he didn't know what was going on not that he didn't stop it because he couldn't have but to deny everything and certainly the uh the roman catholic church in this new independent croatia was an active participant so for the pope he should have just been honest and said yes i know i was getting reports it was horrible there was just nothing i could do about it except for pray and try to save individual people but again the church in its arrogance just denies everything uh, no, no. what what are you talking about what do you mean he could have what? he could have excommunicated <laughs> all of them they
1: were catholics <laughs> oh What are you talking about? He couldn't do anything. He was the pope. How many
0: times have we seen someone excommunicated, and they said, "Okay, fuck you," and they were excommunicated more than once? Still, didn't matter.
1: Doesn't doesn't (laughs) matter. That's what he could do. He could have denounced the atrocities and excommunicated as a a point of principle.
0: Yes, as a principle. Being facetious. He's the fucking
1: pope. What else has he got but principles? That's all the Pope okay, has. I thought you were joking
0: at first. That's the whole right. point
1: of the Pope is he principle. He should
0: have condemned the... Ethics, ex- morals, supposedly. <sighs> well, now you're really reaching because you're talking...
1: Yes, he should have yeah. condemned them and ex- excommunicated Hard. them. Cut that shit out or you're no longer Catholics. And if you're not a good Catholic, then you
0: don't get to go to heaven. Do you think that would have affected... Now they could what? have gone...
1: I don't know, man, If they're, if they're they're if they're genuine Catholics, yeah. How did... What was his fucking name? I can never remember. The Bishop of Milan um, in the late uh, fourth century uh, begins with an A. Ambrose. Yeah. Thank you. What did Ambrose do to Theodosius to get Theodosius to ban all yeah. the other religions? He Straight excommunicated him the fuck him. Out. or b- basically told him he couldn't get couldn't right. have confession anymore and couldn't go into a church that, until he yeah. did what he was fucking told. Yeah. So he took it seriously. I mean, this whole he couldn't do anything thing is complete fucking
0: bullshit. He's the Pope. Popes excommunicate people all the time. Ours should be coming in the mail, I would think, any day now. You can't excommunicate me. (laughs) I quit. You can't fire me. I quit. Good for you, Cam. No, I just wanted to take... So all the violence and the killings that we've been talking about for the last episode and a half, I can't remember now. It's all been one pleasant blur. Um... This is the environment that has been created by the new government that Tito emerges in. Now, he doesn't emerge in a lot of ways until 1943. In fact, there's a lot that's not known about him between 1941 and 1943. We don't have to go into that now, but getting back to him, so as early as Uh, May of 1941, Tito is in Zagreb, but he doesn't try to do anything to resist this new Ustasha government. After all, I think you might have said this in the first episode, most of the Roman Catholics in Zagreb and in other towns were completely happy and supportive of this new independent Croat nation. They support uh, Pavelich, they support his backer Adolf Hitler, um, so he knows it would be complete suicide. So he, there's no point in resisting now. As for the military zone that we've talked about, that's just above Bosnia and Bosnia-Herzegovina, they had never, the communists had never really tried to work those areas before. So they are not going to get a lot of uh, help there. So again, that's another reason to try to stay low. If anything, the communists that he can rely on are factory workers, or as we said previously in another episode, the children of the bourgeoisie from the Zagreb University, not exactly warriors. And in fact, if there's any Croats who are left-leaning, they know that they'd better keep their mouth shut and not appear to be supporting anybody but the new government because they could end up killed as well. So um, many of the communists do intentionally on orders, join the NDH's army or militia because one, they're trying to conceal their true leanings. Two, they're trying to get weapons and military training. So when the day does come that someone like Tito gives the order, they'll be organized, they'll be experienced, they'll have weapons, and they'll be able to start to resist when the party says it's time to go. But that doesn't come until 1943. So in the meantime, Tito, grabs his probably, I don't know, 476 disguise. This one is of a successful engineer who's on a business trip to Belgrade. He goes there. He lives in a suburb outside of the city. He wants that to be his established seat of power, when he does decide to get up and running. And two, he's, he's guessing, the reason he goes there is he's guessing some of the first uprisings are going to be in Serbia and Montenegro. So he's going to get out while why he possibly can. And as we said before, the Germans and the Italians are all over the place. So the officers and soldiers of this now-defeated Yugoslav army, they take their weapons, they head to the hills. And as you said previously, one of them was Colonel Drazda Mikhailovich, He kind of sees himself as a Charles de Gaulle. He, um, criticizes his country's kind of uh, old-fashioned fighting tactics, and he is a student of guerrilla warfare, which is about to come in handy. So the old official Chechniks that you mentioned before, which is basically a club of the veterans who fought in the Turkish and Austrian wars, they stun a lot of the Serbs when they say, we do not want you to resist the Germans. We know we can't win, so why try to stand up for ourselves? So that's why people like the Colonel Drozda become de facto leaders because he's the only one who's willing to stand up and resist. In fact, London is so impressed with Drozna that the Yugoslav government in exile in London, they make him a general and they make him their minister of defense. He gets started with his his operations in May of 1941. The British are happy about this uh, because they're getting their ass kicked in Greece and Crete and a little later in North Africa. But the point is Tito was not doing anything, yet he is still biding his time. So by mid-May of 1941, the German troops have moved through Yugoslavia. They're going to Romania to get to their jump-off points for Operation Barbarossa. Tito actually hears about this. How can you not recognize thousands of German troops going from one side of the country to the other? And he lets Moscow know that he's heard rumors of an invasion of Russia but as we've gone over before Stalin doesn't believe this he doesn't want to believe it and so to a degree the russians are caught off guard but that's for another for another day at this point when hitler invades russia the yugoslav party calls out for volunteers they'll take anybody at this point but also the yugoslavs in general who are not Communists are excited about this because finally Russia is in the war. And as we've said, the Yugoslav people have a long affinity towards Russia. The Slavs have seen the Russians as their protectors, So maybe something good will come out of this. Um, so, so Tito was getting started. He's calling up people to arms and he's hoping to do something. And uh, Tito, knowing the Soviet Union the way he does, you know, he, he was there for years. He's gotten to know the people. He knows that there are certain flaws in Soviet Russia. Yes, it's a very big country. Yes, it has a massive population, but he knows it's going to take them time to gear up for this war. So he predicts, and he is right, a very long struggle between Russia and Nazi Germany. So he knows he's got time to try to get something together. So from 1941 to 1943, he lays low, he gathers his forces, he has been criticized by some people for laying low for those two years. But he was saying, look, there's absolutely nothing we can do. They're all over the place. They're ready for war. We've already got these horrendous things going on in, um, in our country. There's no way I, if I would have started fighting then, we would have been wiped out. And he knows he couldn't get any support from Moscow because they are barely holding on fighting the Germans. But finally, in 1943, I think it's July July 4th, 1943. They have a meeting. He calls his staff together. He sends people out to various locations, and he says, gather adherents, gather arms, because we are about to head out. And what I want you to do is start small, just hit and run raids, see if we can cause enough drama so maybe the Germans and the Italians and the Romanians pull some of their troops back from Russia, come here to try and stop us, because that will make things a little easier for Moscow. And I want my people to get experience fighting. So he's getting ready to gear up, but he knows he has to start small. But then something absolutely horrible happens where the Italians decide to make a king. The people uh, around him absolutely rise up. They ignore his orders and they fight the Italians um, and they actually take over a lot of territory. They take like 2,000 prisoners, uh, Italian prisoners of war, but then another Italian division comes in, pushes them out, chases them into the woods. So the in this one swoop, the communists who had been spending two years getting organized are now being chased into the woods, and they are now being blamed by the people that they need to help them because the Italians are taking their revenge. And even though it wasn't the communists that ordered this attack, they're the ones who are being blamed. So even though Tito waited two years to actually start doing something, there's a huge failure at the beginning. And now he has to start all the way over from scratch. And every one of his men are now hiding in the woods or the mountains. descending across the continent. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Of the Soviet military buildup on the island of Cuba, the purpose of these bases can be none other than
0: to provide a nuclear strike capability against the Western Hemisphere. and push his half price, next 15 minutes. (laughs)